Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 148, The Art That Lives Within, or With On, or On the Keyboard. Eh, I kind of butcher that, but you guys get the idea. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Mimi as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, uh, no complaints, things are going well, and you know what, having an interview with somebody who sounds very, very kind-hearted is a definite bonus. <laughs> That's really nice of you. <laughs> But today is not about necessarily our kind, or sorry, your kind heart. Well, maybe it is a little bit, but not about my kind heart. It's all about you and your hobby. But before we jump into the topic, I'm going to ask the horrible question. Who is Mimi? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I got it. I got it. Mimi is an individual who lives on planet Earth that enjoys hobbies. Oh, that is very accurate, actually. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll say I'm Mimi. I like to sculpt miniature things and i happened to get recently into sculpting little things on top of keycaps and i saw the keycaps and they look amazing and you know it's some of them are pokemon i'm a big fan of pokemon so this is why we're going to connect even more which is fantastic <laughs> but before we jump onto the keyboard a little weird pun i made there where can people find you do you have any social media links websites or even projects you're working on so people people can come show you some love it can be related to your hobby of making keycaps and it can be related to absolutely Anything at all. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, uh, Instagram, and Etsy, and TikTok now too. Uh, all under the name Mimiatures. It's like miniatures, but instead of mini, it's Mimi because that's my name. <laughs> that's a clever play on word. I like that. <laughs> like, when I first saw it, I'm like, wait, did I read it right? Oh, I see what you did there. Clever. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's perfect. I'll put all those links down below so people will have to go show some love. It's the law. It's the time for your hobby law. If they listen to this, they have to go show you some support. It's, you, you can't break the law on this podcast. You can't. Not for not for hobbies. Well, that's fantastic. I'll put that all down below. And now on to your hobby of today or for many, many days now. What is making keycaps for people who might not be too sure what it is? If you look at your keyboard... Keycaps are the buttons that you actually press on your keyboard, right? So there's a thing called a mechanical keyboard, which is like a little on the pricier side, but you can actually replace your keycaps and put something else on it instead. So if you have like a basic white keyboard or like a basic black keyboard, you can spice it up by changing the color keycaps. Um, and in my case, you can have little pieces of artwork and like fandom. And you know what? Pokemon is a wonderful fandom to do. And there's a lot of Pokemon. Did you do them all? I have not because there's just way too many. <laughs> you did do the Evolutions, which was dope. I love that. Thank you. And there's different size keys on a keyboard. I didn't write this question down, but I'm curious now. I see like you put some of them on above uh, the F, the F123 keys. But d did you ever try to make one for, let's say, the space bar or the enter key? I choose to only do the escape keys and the function keys because with these keycaps, they are kind of fragile. And so you want to put them on keys that you don't press too often. Because if you're smashing down spacebar or the enter key, you're more than likely going to break them. On top of that too, everyone, everyone's spacebar and enter keys tend to be different sizes. So from a selling standpoint, it's really hard for me to sell something and then get, get an email back saying, hey, this doesn't fit my keyboard. <laughs> I'm just like, well... Send it back, I guess. Oh no! You know, so just for the safe side. So, do people send in your key, their their keys, like a piece of their keyboard, to you? No. So I order keycaps online. I usually just pick colors that I like. So if you notice, most of the colors 
uh, keycaps that I have are all pastel colors. And then I just sculpt whatever I want on top of them. If I do commission orders, I will ask like what color keycap you have and what type of profile keycaps you have to make sure that I can or I do have the keycap that will fit your keyboard. For one second, I was just imagining like, let's say I wanted some design from you. I would send over my own keys. But as I'm doing that, like, I can't use my keyboard now. <laughs> just <laughs> not like, all right, oh, no, I have to write her a message. You're like, if you were to send me a message like, hey, Alex, did you like this or did you want this? I'm like, I don't I'm missing the key to answer that question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like for safety reasons, too, I don't have a P.O. box, so I don't feel comfortable passing along my real address. And that's completely fair. Yeah. Well, you know what? Send a carrier pigeon. So they just drop it around your area and you just go pick it up. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. That'd be so cool. (laughs) You see keys falling from the sky. (laughs) That'd be, you know what? It's 2020. Anything could happen, right? That's true. We're all in quarantine. Maybe it's time to train some pigeons. Well, I'll get mine and you get yours and we'll we'll, we'll be the first to do carrier pigeon keycaps. That's a tongue twister right there. Cross country (laughs) pigeons. (laughs) The first in its kind. And for you, how did you actually get introduced to making keycaps? Did you, let's say, I don't know, this sounds like really stupid. Did you like drop some like, I don't know, Play-Doh on your keyboard? You're like, hmm, you know what? I can make an art design out of that. I started working with polymer clay, which is what I use. I started using that, I don't know, a long while ago. And I just like to like sculpt small things. So I just think it's cute. But it's really hard to sell something really small. Like no one wants to pay for something so small, that makes sense. And then um, as I was streaming, you know, people would watch me make these like miniatures and they kept just insisting like, hey, why don't you do keycaps? Why don't you do keycaps? And I was like, I don't really care. (laughs) But then I was like, you know what? Like no one has made these Pokemon keycaps yet. I haven't seen anyone make them yet. So I'm just going to do it. And so I started off with the three starters and I went to, I believe, TwitchCon 2019. So I went to TwitchCon. I had an artist alley table there and I was going to like, you know, just like test the waters. Is this marketable enough? Like, will people want to buy it at this price? And, you know, yada, yada, yada. And they actually sold out. That's awesome. Like the first, the first day. So, so since then I was like, cool, like this, this opens up a whole new thing. Cause I, like I've been experimenting and making things bigger, but I really do like making things smaller. So this gives me the chance to continue to make small things and have a market that will purchase them from me. Do you still remember the first thing you made and do you own it or is it like gone? In terms of keycaps, I don't. I'm pretty sure I brought everything. Like even my display keycaps that were like the originals that I made, like people had bought those too. They just like bought everything. Like, you know what? I'm going to buy that table underneath it as well. This was the table that made the keycaps. (laughs) (laughs) I even had a lot of people ask to buy my keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm like, "Uh, you can buy the keyboard from Amazon. Like, you don't need to take mine. It's like, I still need it. I need to type things. I need something to connect with people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I love how people like just got really into it. And I'm looking at it right now and it's just so cool. And and you like Pokemon, I would assume, such as like I like Pokemon as well. What was what's your favorite Pokemon? And did you make that as into a keycap? So I have two favorites. So Eevee is my favorite from like the get go. And then I really like Mimikyu, partially because it has my name in it. Ah. (laughs) A little confused, but 
Uh, well, also because it's really cute that it just wants to be loved like Pikachu. Did you ever make a Pikachu? It was like, no, no, all the logos in Mimikyu. No love for Pikachu. <laughs> I've made Pikachu keycaps, but I haven't made Mimikyu's because cause I have them all laying down. So I haven't figured out how to make a laying down Mimikyu without it looking like its head was decapitated. Yeah, because the head is already leaning to the side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so I'm sure you make more than just Pokemons, and this is not a question, but how big is your collection right now? Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, a lot of times I will get a commission, and if it's something that like I also like, like, for example, if I get a commission for like Demon Slayer or Studio Ghibli stuff, I will make a set for myself as well. I don't know, and they're all kind of just sitting in a box. <laughs> They're getting ready to be used. Actually, this is a great segue question. Which uh, keycaps do you have on your keyboard right now? Um, For the ones that I've made, I have a Sailor Moon set um, that I made. And it's like Sailor Moon's wand, her bow, and then Luna the cat. And then I have a few Studio Ghibli ones like Ponyo, Calcifer, and then I have Bulbasaur. Because Bulbasaur is also one of my favorites. Nice. And... They, I'm guessing you rotate them every now and then. It's like, you know what? Today feels like a Bulbasaur day, huh? You're going to go. And then the other one's like, you know what? You're going to go in the box. You're just going to hang out with the other keycaps. I haven't. It, it's, I don't know. It, it's been like, I like, ugh, I'm so messy. So what happens is I'll make something and I'll just leave it on my desk. And so eventually I'll find it. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And then I'll stick it onto my keyboard. <laughs> I could also imagine you like, it's like late at night. You're like, oh, okay. Press the key, but it's not connected to the keyboard. It's just on the table. It's like, why is this key not working? Yeah. Oh, I'm touching the key key that's away from the keyboard. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's cool. So how, this is a a tough question, but how would you define your style compared to, let's say, other people who do keycaps? Like, how would you define Mimi's keycap art? I will say a lot of people, a lot of other artisan keycap artists, uh, they do like resin keycaps. So what it is, is they actually cast the entire keycap themselves. I only ever sculpt on top because I haven't really learned how to get into resin casting yet because I have to learn how to mold things and then I have to get like all this extra stuff to figure it out. I would say the only difference would be is mine is a small little sculpture on top of a keycap. How long does it usually take you to complete a project? Because they look so detailed. And I'm looking at the EV Evolution ones. It looks so detailed and amazing. So how long does it usually take you to complete one? Oh, it depends. It, it it depends how detailed <laughs> and how crazy I am. Um, and I, I am kind of a perfectionist in that, like, if I don't like it, then I have to start it all over again. So I would say anywhere from like one hour to three hours on just one. But once I've once I've made it and I'm like happy with how it is, um, I can reproduce it. Uh, and it doesn't take that much longer to reproduce. Yeah, I saw you had one with a Squirtle, and then you had a few of the Squirtles, and look, they look identical. It's kind of almost, you had like a copy-paste system. Like, you can do this in your sleep. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate hearing that. <laughs> and between that one hour and three hours, what was the most complex design you have ever created? Like, wow, I didn't know I was able to do this, or like, wow, I never want to do this again. Or <laughs> I'm sure you didn't say that, but I mean, like, what was like a really complex one? You're like, cool. I would have to say, do you... Do you know Animal Crossing? I do. Do you know about the little nooklings? Yes. Timmy and Tommy? (laughs) So I actually made a set of Timmy and Tommy, and I have it where Tommy's holding a little flag, and Timmy's holding 
an Animal Crossing Switch. Oh, wow. And it's like, it, it's very detailed. Like, I have the shading of their tails and like the shading on their ears and around their nose. And it's super cute and I love them, but I never want to make them again. Man, it's just the idea of like, you made something that's already small and you made something even smaller, like the Switch. I have to ask, I know it's a stupid question, but did you ever like, with on that Switch, did you do like a little Animal Crossing design on like the screen? <laughs> no, I couldn't. You can't, you can't even see the screen, so I didn't bother. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good enough. People will get the idea. Yeah. And where do you usually pull your inspiration to create a new project? Is it, let's say, you're like, you know, I'd like to try a different pose for Eevee or I'd like to try a different Pokemon or you see something on TV or the internet or anything like that? I will say I take a lot of influence from like Instagram and what I see on Instagram. Um, a lot of times it happens to be like uh, other artists, like people who draw things. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cute. Or it's even like people who bake stuff like those like Japanese bakers who bake all those like really cute dessert thingies and uh, and they like, you know, incorporate like some sort of anime or Pokemon onto them. Wait, did you ever made a key cap like that looks like food and then when you look at it, you're like, you know what? I'm hungry now. Oh, all the time. See, if I had that, my I would put the whole keyboard. I'm like, all right, today, just close my eyes. I'm like, today I'm going to have pizza again. Wow. 15th day in a row. Not a coincidence, but the whole keyboard's all pizza. <laughs> but no, that's cool. I like the, the idea, like you step away from just Pokemon, but you try different things as well. And this is, this is going to be a really tough question. And it's kind of hard to be like, objective and like just like just try to be neutral and all this but do you have some favorite colors that you like to reuse a lot when you're creating your keycaps i tend to always go for pastel colors so uh not really i guess and plus all the things that i've made they've all been such different colors that i i don't stick to one and did you ever make make yourself into a keycap no <laughs> i hate self-portrait <laughs> You're like, no, no, that'll, that'll be a project for never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And have you ever done like a keep cap project with other people? Like, do you prefer doing it alone or do you like, let's say company, somebody else who's into it and you do, I don't know, maybe competitions, like one, like a friendly competition, like who can make the better looking squirtle? No, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I'm opposed to it, but uh, the keep cap community is, is very big, but the amount of people who actually make keycaps, like the actual artists and artists, is very small. And I'm still fairly new to the whole community, so I actually haven't really, you know, met anyone who would want to do something along the line of that. But I have met, like, a few people who who are, like, very supportive and, like, you know, shout me out constantly and, yeah. Well, if you ever need an extra partner to make a keycap, I'm open, but I suck, so I'll make your keycap look a thousand times better. So if you ever need like a comparison keycap, key so I I'm your friend. I'm there. I'm, that's, that's, I'm the ugly keycap to make your keycap look good. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, on a personal level, what would you say is the best part about making keycaps? Hello Kitty, Sanrio, they have this saying. And uh, the saying is, small gift, big smile. So the whole idea is something so small can bring such big joy to people. And I feel, I feel that with keycaps. And it's funny because I often get this question of how fragile my keycaps are. And I, I'm kind of tired of answering it. <laughs> so I actually asked one of my friends who I know owns one of my keycaps. I asked him to actually destroy it for me. Of course, I was going to send him another one. But 
he went on this huge little paragraph saying that he couldn't because he felt so attached to it already, you know? So it was like already a big thing for him. And like, he loves seeing it every day. And like, you know, when he works, he's like happy to like look at it. And yeah, so that's, that's what I like doing. It's just bringing a little joy to someone's day. I have a feeling that Keycap was like the puppy dog eyes, just looking at him. It's like, oh no, I can't hurt you. I can't destroy you, Keycap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Imagine destroying like a Squirtle. You see, Squirtle is my favorite Pokemon. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be killing, like hurting on my brother, my brother Squirtle. I'd be no longer part of the Squirtle squad. <laughs> and uh, where do you tend to go to learn more about how to make keycaps? Because I'm sure there's like resources everywhere. You do get inspiration from watching like designs online. Let's say you see a Pokemon on like the Pokemon TV show. And you're like, oh, cool. I'd like to make that into a keycap. But more along the lines of like, where do you learn how to make new shapes and stuff like that? YouTube is the best, the best place to learn anything. So whenever I'm like, I kind of want to make like bacon, I'll go onto YouTube and, and look up, you know, polymer clay bacon and then watch all these artists make this bacon. And then um, then I try to do it myself. For a second as well, when you said you tried to learn how to make bacon, I was thinking, oh, real bacon. Yeah, I would have done that too. Yeah, <laughs> But it applies for keycaps as well. Yeah, YouTube is an ultimate resource for many things, and I've used it for podcasting a lot. And it's a great tool to learn more, which actually is a weird segue to my next question. What has making keycaps taught you in life? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to say something along the lines of like, just put yourself out there with your hobby. I feel like had I not started doing keycaps, I would be like sh struggle because my keycaps help fund me to do other side projects, you know? So it, it kind of is like you never know what you're going to get. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that's a perfect, a perfect answer. And it actually is a segue to a follow up question to that. When you do create your keycaps, do you like to stay within your like comfort zone or do you like to be adventurous and try things that you've never tried before? This is where I really appreciate getting commission work um, because a lot of times people will commission me something and and I will at first be like, this sounds like a really cool idea. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And then they, a lot of people be like, you know what, don't worry about it. Just like, if you can figure out, that'd be great. Here's the money. <laughs> like, you know, take your time. So I really appreciate that a lot because then it gives me a chance to like uh, experiment with like certain things to see what works and... Uh, yeah. And on that note, how many times, let's say out of 10, do you mess up? I'm not implying that you mess up a lot, but let's say to get what you want as your final design. I would say two to three times. I would like make it two to three times and then destroy it and then make it again. Okay. So w there's two things you mentioned there. So you mentioned that you asked a friend to try to destroy it and he couldn't, but you are ruthless with your own creations. Like, yeah, I can destroy this. And I have to ask this odd question. What is your preferred method to destroy your own creations? <laughs> so the way polymer clay works is that it's, it's, you know, it's moldable and then you have to bake it and then it becomes hard. So often enough for me, I don't bake it when I'm still trying to create something. So I will just squish it between my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> And there's and no, no so, remorse. <laughs> no, I just squish it because I'm so upset that it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. <laughs> so. There's a box full of squished EVs and uh, squirtles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, you're just trying like they're to make, all melted. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you reuse the material. You don't just like you because you can take them apart. Like you said, 
to finalize it, you I have to put it. I sauce it. Oh no! Because <laughs> what happens is like all the clay gets mixed together, and then I'm just like, nope. I don't want to see it, so I just throw it away. Now, um, once again, I'm looking at the picture you have on your Twitter, your headband, I guess, or whatever it's called, and I see they have eyes and they're sleeping. Do you paint those on or are those also some of the part of the clay? Or not clay, but the actual material? So I know a lot of people, a lot of other polymer clay artists, um, they will actually sculpt with clay. Uh, I find that very difficult. <laughs> so I actually have a bunch of tiny paintbrushes and I paint them all. Man, I feel like those paintbrushes paintbrushes are just like one strand. They're so it, it really is. <laughs> and if it gets messed up, like you can't even fix it. You just have to buy a new one. There's nothing to like uh, take it off? Oh, no. Mm-mm. You know, you know what you do? You just fold the face in. <laughs> it just goes into the body and just make a smooth surface again. I tried. It's just, I don't know. I'm not really good with making small details with clay. You know what? From what I see, it looks amazing. Uh, you have definitely the precision. I, I write like a three-year-old and I'd make that whole face go around the whole head. That's basically like one big eye around the head. It'll be a Cyclops. Not pretty. <laughs> a Cyclops EV that, yeah, no. <laughs> hey, you never know. Someone might want that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe my son who doesn't understand how art works and he was like, oh yeah, that that's good. And then he'll look at your stuff and be like, Dad, your stuff sucks. But yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for you, this is a tough question. I'm sure when you squish down the unsatisfied projects, it can get a little stressful. So on that note, has it ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your de-stressor? Let's say something is just not going right. You've tried it three, four, or five times. What do you do to de-stress? Uh, play FPS games. So first playing shooter games. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a break for like an hour. And then if I'm really, really that upset, I won't even come back to the piece for like a week. And like, I have to message, you know, my client and say, hey, like, uh, <laughs> this is going to take longer than I expected. And so, yeah. You, get, you message your client and you say, hey, your piece is pissing me off. I can't even look at it right now. I can't. They'll <laughs> want their money back. You know, what? I just want to refund you right now because I, I, this little keycap is not cooperating with me. It does not want to negotiate. It does not want to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> what was your biggest challenge when you first started making keycaps? Because the keycaps are made of plastic and I and in order to bake the clay, I have to put it in a small toaster oven. It was hard finding, one, the right temperature to bake them at. And to the right keycaps that wouldn't melt as they were in the oven. So I've I have lost a few pieces because the keycaps themselves would would melt. So does the bottom of your oven just look like a colorful rainbow? You know, you know what's really interesting is that the way that they would melt, they would kind of just like shrink. There wouldn't be any like melted plastic on like my trays. It was just the keycaps would just like shrivel up. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know where they went. It's like an ager machine. You put the keycap in and it makes, let's say, the Pokemon become extra old and adds wrinkles that you did not want. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you've learned your lesson through that. So following up that, what is your current biggest challenge? Finding time. There's just so many ideas that I want to make and that I want to do. And I just don't have time to do them all. And I only have two hands. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I also get carpal tunnel often. So that kind of sucks. Well, speaking about time and there's other things you want to make, what is, if you have one, like the ultimate thing you are like, you're set, you want to make, but just haven't found the time or resources or skills. I'm not implying that you have no skills, but like anything that, that prevents you from doing it. 
I really want to do a whole set, like like nine keycaps, like the evolutions, but of Studio Ghibli movies. I don't know if you're familiar with Studio Ghibli, but there's a movie called Howl's Moving Castle. And I actually have a few friends who can actually help me create keycap sets, like with the whole entire keyboard and not just the function keys. So I, I've been wanting to do like color a keycap set for Howl's Moving Castle and then make matching keycaps to go with it yeah and i am very familiar with ghibli and i know exactly what you're talking about so for that in the moving castle how high are you gonna make it because i feel like you might have to make it a little higher to put in all those details right yeah so that's why but i would do like all of their characters in the movie and then i bet you once you do it you put it on the keyboard and then you watch or you're watching the movie while you make it <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> Just to get inspiration. And every time you're about to watch that movie again, you got to put all those keycaps back. And it's like, yep, keyboard time, movie time. So people walking by know what movie you're watching by looking at your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> what are some misconceptions about people who make keycaps? I don't know if this is a misconception, but a lot of times people will say keycaps are overpriced. And, you know, a lot like I even had someone say that's just clay glued on plastic to to which I answer, you know, okay, if it's overpriced, then you make it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it yourself. Feel my pain. <laughs> yeah, and then tell me it's overpriced because, you know, making keycaps does take a lot of time. You know, it takes a lot of, like, a lot of design thought before you actually even make the piece. And there's a lot of trial and error that you have to go through. So. And then you have a box where you put all those errors or happy accidents, as Bob Ross would say, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. And I would also imagine people are like, oh, it's just easy to do. You just got to do this. And, and there's a lot of detail and a lot of effort that goes into it. And I, I, I'm still blown away by the size of what you make and the details and the cuteness. It's extremely cute. Thank you. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Just do it. That's it. I, that's Yeah, just do it. Yeah, once again, you got more to gain than to lose. Yeah. And uh, for you, where do you actually, this is a good question to follow up that, uh, where do you usually go to buy your tools and resources? And also on that note, what do you have as your tools, let's say to shape the clay and stuff like that? I use mainly an X-Acto knife um, to cut small pieces. And then there are these like silicon, I actually don't know what they're called, but they're like silicon like paint brushes, I guess. And that helps like uh, mold tiny sections of the clay that I can't reach with my finger and then like paintbrushes paint the clay itself and some wires to keep some pieces together and then some rubbing alcohol to clean it up and get rid of your fingerprints because you don't want to get trapped and yeah that's about it really and where do you usually tend to go like what's your go-to place to purchase the this clay I use Michael's especially because Michael's will have deals every now and then to make the clay cheaper Plus, they always have coupons for like 50%, 40% off. And speaking about the clay itself, do you always find the color you need at Michael's? Or do you sometimes have to, let's say, mix them together to get a different color? Oh, I'm so I'm so picky about my color choices that even if I find a color that's already made that I like, I will still mix <laughs> something into it to change it. You know, so even if it's like a really beautiful blue, I'm like, you know, I'm going to mix just a little bit of more blue or a little bit more white. Has it ever happened that you're like, oh, just a little bit more blue and it just became too blue? It's like, oh, well, I put a little bit more white and just became too white. Like it just goes on and on. It's just a giant ball the size of, let's say, a football. Yes. Well, no, not the size of a football. Maybe like the size of my fist. So oh, wow. half the time I will have to like cut half of it 
and then just mix smaller amounts until I get the right color. Do you, uh, let's say you have that fistful of uh, clay. Do you ever like put that in a container and save it for later? Oh, yeah. So polymer clay doesn't expire. It will get hard over time, but that's like after like years and years of you not touching it. And then plus there are also clay softeners you can use. So what I do is whatever clay I have left over, I'll put it in like a little Ziploc baggie and then store it in a bin. And how big is your clay collection? I'm, I know I'm asking about the size of all your collections right now. <laughs> I probably have two box, like two shoe boxes. One, one box with like all the colors. So like green, blues, pinks, purples, yellows, like all different shades. And then the other box, that's just only white and black. And I'm, I bet you when you go through your box, like you already know what color you want. And you just stick your hand in and you just pull it out magically. No, I wish. <laughs> I definitely have to like find it. And then the thing too is that, uh, you know, I feel bad opening new clay if I could just reuse another clay. So I always have to go through it and make sure that I have a blue and I don't end up opening a new blue. And when it, what ends up happening is that you go buy a new blue and then it magically appears at the top of the box. That blue oh, there. You're looking I hate for. when that happens. <laughs> it's as if like you didn't look for it. It's like, well, I looked there. It's like, no, no. Witchcraft, I just appeared. <laughs> yeah, that has happened way too often. It's, you got mice in your house that are just coming in and they have their own little miniature miniatures that they have and they just put it back. <laughs> I've been telling my parents that, but they won't believe me. You need to put like a little uh, security camera right above your box. <laughs> yeah. And we've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites or projects or anything at all that you would love to share so people can come show you some love? You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok. All under the name Mimi Atchers. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can definitely go show you some love. And now for the last question, the one that will stump you the most. Do you have any questions for me about making keycaps? I mean, would, would you want to make keycaps as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, for design, I'd probably make headphones or like a microphone. So something like related to podcasts, like I have a microphone, headphone, a little miniature computer screen. Uh, this might sound very meta, but a keyboard, a small keyboard on as a keycap. <laughs> there's no LED. There's no RBG in it. <laughs> but yeah, like something like that. Uh, if it was a more uh, fantasy world, let's say Pokemon-like, I didn't try to make a Squirtle or maybe start off with a Voltorb because it's very easy. Unless it's not easy. Unless like that's the hardest thing to do. But yeah, I'd definitely like to give it a try. I'm not the best at creating art, but I'm I'm definitely game. What made you uh, get into doing podcasts? Um, I've always wanted to share people's hobbies with the world. I always like sharing things. I like to hear people who don't necessarily always have a voice to share. And it's something that people can listen to for years and years to come. Like the first episode is just as relevant as the last episode. So That's true. people can listen to this episode 50 years from now. I don't know if I'm going to be that popular in 50 years. I'm not even popular now, but maybe some random stranger in who knows where is going to listen to this episode or any of the episodes like, I like his guests. I don't like the host, but I like the guests. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just like sharing. And that's why I approached you. I'm like, oh, keycaps didn't have that yet. I'd love to, for you to come on. And you're like, sure, I'll speak to this stranger. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. 
Thank you so much, Mimi, for coming on and just sharing your love for making keycaps, the intricacy, the skills, and the techniques of it, and the cuteness. We cannot forget about the cuteness of keycaps, especially the ones you make. And I cannot thank you enough for coming on. No, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. If you guys want to learn more about Mimi, you should go check her out. I'll put all the links down below in the description so it'll be very easy to find. And just, you know, go show her some love, watch her journey, and you know, try it out. Maybe uh, share your creations with Mimi. She'd be like, cool, that's amazing. Oh my God, did you listen to that episode and Alex talking about keycaps? Did you get inspiration from Alex's horrible art style? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Either way, just go show Mimi some love. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review on Time for Your Hobby or on Apple Podcasts. And it could be a good review, bad review, or anything at all. Also, if you want to show some more support, completely optional, uh, you can buy merchandise on Redbubble. I'm not creative like Mimi, but I do have the Time for Your, Ho Time for Your Hobby logo on things you do not need. And I also have a Patreon. That's the other thing where you can go show support. But once again, that's only optional. So once again, thank you so much, Mimi. Yeah. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>